0: spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat since I guarantee it, but you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it.
1: Is your emergency broadcast system? Hello, and welcome to the 57th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you
0: doing, good buddy? How about yourself?
1: Not doing too bad. Um, I know you had mentioned that you are currently cooking like bacon in Arizona, but uh here today in Minnesota, let me tell you, I think it's damn near seventy degrees out and I was sweating today.
0: Yeah. It's been about uh it was I think ninety eight yesterday and it's getting up there today too, so <laughs> starting uh starting to hit that fucking time of the year.
1: You know what's funny? I obviously you've grew up in the Midwest or whatever, but we were in that weird like one to two week span where You'd go from one day that's like 50, 60, 70. Everyone's not used to it. They're sweating. Then the next day it'd be raining and it'd be like 29. So it's like in my room, you'd either have to turn in the turn on the space heater or sweat all night because it's too hot. So it's like every, every day was a different temperature. It was quite a, uh, quite a weird thing to live with, but now I think it's balancing out where it's just nice out.
0: Yeah, the weird thing is I had to use my heater Monday night because it was uh, it got a little cold that night. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, that's the first days it got up in the high 80s, 90s. So I went from having to use my heater just a few days ago to now I have my AC blasting pretty much <laughs>
1: 24-7. I guess it's just that time of year. Yeah. So uh, so what's what's been going on? You got any cool stories to tell us?
0: I don't know if it's a cool story, but I had a, uh, well, it's like a miraculous moment uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago at Safeway. So I'm in the store going there just to buy normal, you know. I ran out of eggs, needed some bread, which they've been having for the past couple of weeks now, which is good. But I actually walked by the toilet paper or paper towel aisle, which normally has been completely fucking like barren. They haven't had toilet paper or anything. Actually, two or three days ago when I went, they had... Not just generic paper towels. They had bounty paper Damn, towels. Damn, the
1: quicker so picker-upper.
0: Yeah, so it's almost America <laughs> again. It's coming back. We're coming back, folks. So.
1: Here's here's what I've never understood, because since the shutdown and everything, even before that, I had yet to see a single toilet paper on any shelf, and their signs that say, one per customer, and... I'm like, do these people come in every single day, and buy all of them, just like not leave any for anybody else or what?
0: Yeah, pretty much from what I've heard is if you go to like a Costco in the morning before they open, they'll have lines of people around the building just waiting to see if they have toilet paper or paper towels, like shit like that. And then they'll go in there and it's just one per customer. But of course- it's all like the seventy-two rolls in the package. Mm. So they'll take a big seventy-two fucking roll home and add it on to their other fucking you know packs of seventy-two rolls. <laughs> and you know it's been a you know it's a fucking couple. So they each take one. Mm. But oh right, fucking you know assholes. What,
1: you know what is a another thing that I've noticed is a short has a shortage of is uh, video gaming systems. Really. Yeah, this well, the Switch you can't buy. That forget it. You're not getting one. Apparently the PS4 is you can't get one of those either. So, I mean, I guess people need something to entertain themselves over the uh the quarantine or whatever, but uh I never would have
0: thought. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. I guess it's a good point. Everyone was cooped up in their house, so they ran down and picked up a video game system. I've uh I've never actually tried to buy a Switch, but are those have those been hard to find? Like I don't think so or, oh. i I don't
1: I mean maybe I don't think so. I hadn't I hadn't looked for him either, but now like kind of considering it, you know, because uh apparently they're a lot of fucking fun.
0: Yeah, I've heard uh they've got some pretty good games. My cousin was telling me and my nephew was telling me that they've got uh some pretty good shit out right now. So
1: Yeah, I think I think one of the big pluses is a lot of Steam games, you know, like you and I play, uh, are converted onto the Switch, so you can just use a Switch to play Steam games instead of a PC or whatever. So that's kind of cool.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't some know of, that. That'd be some some of them. pretty sweet.
1: Some of them. I don't know. I don't know about all of them. But anyway, let's, uh, let's shift forward here into Pauline Bennett's World of the Unusual. We didn't do it last week, but we're gonna. We're firing it away this week, and I think we have one here that might actually be a little appropriate for the time. Um, We're kind of in a conspiracy period in the world right now, so um, it's titled, Earth is Losing Its Gravity. Okay, now we know what crowd uh, doesn't even believe gravity exists in the first place, so maybe Miss bennett is leaning towards uh those people what do you think so far
0: possibly i mean <laughs> i think i think she was alive during the 80s i don't know if the whole flat earth thing i don't know if you're <laughs> supposed to say the the name of them or not but that whole flat earth thing i don't think started up in the 80s you know what
1: it's just my humor i don't like to say it i just like to imply it So that way they can't be like, are you making fun of flat earthers? No, I didn't say flat earthers. I just said a certain group of people, didn't
0: I? Yeah, if I I say crazy conspiracy people, I could mean chemtrail people, Mm -hmm. flat earthers, who knows anything. We we
1: don't discriminate here. All right. A terrifying new theory by a top scientist says that Earth's gravity is getting weaker, which could lead to the destruction of all life on the planet. Paul Wesson, professor of geophysics and astronomy at the University of British Columbia says that the most recent measurements show that the moon is actually moving further away from the earth. Wesson believes that this is being caused by a weakening of the earth's gravitational pull. The astounding gravity theory clashes with modern physics, which says that the Earth's gravity stays the same and never varies, which I think is what we've always heard. However, if Wesson's weak gravity theory is correct, the Earth could eventually lose its atmosphere. That is terrifying if that was even remotely true at all.
0: Yeah, that's kind of pretty weird. (laughs) The, uh, I think the Earth's gravity just has to do with its mass, so I don't think the <laughs> I don't think the Earth is getting any lighter. Really. Are you
1: Are you calling Professor Paul Wesson a liar,
0: Phil? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason that the Moon is getting further away, I don't mean to get in a science thing. So ever like when the when the Moon was first created, it was like super close to the Earth compared to what it is now, and it's been slowly moving away like ever since. And one day it's going to be, like, extremely far away from the Earth. I, you know, I assume, Obviously not for millions, billions of years. But.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I assume we'd be long dead by that point.
0: Oh, yeah. Humans will be long dead. Barry Satira will still be, you <laughs> well, know, he'll out be, there uh, in his spaceship terrorizing some other planet.
1: Obvi- obviously he's going to be here. Anyway, uh, second story here. Bigfoot scares off campers. A group of campers in an isolated wilderness area were horrified by the hair-raising screams and the sudden appearance of a massive Bigfoot creature. One of the frightened members said that the creature was 8 foot tall, covered with solid black hair, and had eerie white eyes. Milk Wall Drop said he was fishing with his friend while their wives slept in the nearby camp located in Sitting Bull Falls, New Mexico. Ooh, you love New Mexico, Phil.
0: Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite places on Earth. <laughs> when he was startled
1: by a blood frenzy. frenzy.
0: What? A
1: blood-freezing scream? I've never heard that expression for What the hell? Anyway. That's weird. <laughs> Uh, it's a New Mexican- New Mexico, uh, terminology, apparently. Uh, he says, there is a weird kind of bellow behind the scream. It was loud and horrifying. Driving back to the camp in the dark night woods, the two men heard something that was crawling about the parked station wagon where the women were sleeping. Ooh, Bigfoot's a creeper. Thinking yeah. it, <laughs> thinking it might be a deer, they aim the headlights at <laughs> They aimed the headlights of their truck at the uh, brush near the station wagon. Suddenly, another terrible scream shattered the stillness. The shaking campers started their vehicles and drove off. As they left, Walldrop caught a glimpse of the massive creature near a tree lit for a moment by his headlights. Okay, alright, well, so he barely even got a glimpse at it, but he's convinced this is a Bigfoot.
0: Once again, terrorized by the foreign phenom, Dirk fucking Nowinski strikes again. <laughs> knew it. I knew it. It's always Dirk Nowinski.
1: I figured, uh I think I found the true culprit here. I think their wives were 69ing each other. Possibly.
0: <laughs> the beast.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> let's hear Madame Bennett's prediction for the week. The women's liberation movement will suffer a giant setback when it is learned that one of the leaders was a man who had a sex change operation. Okay, Madam Bennett, that's that's outdated and not very nice, but uh, apparently that is what she believes going to happen, but uh, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen.
0: That's a little bit ahead of its time the past decade with the whole transgender issues coming about.
1: So. Yeah. That's right. Well, apparently Madam Bennett is not very aware of current politics, right? No, she's hardly woke at all. <laughs> anyway, Phil, why don't you take it away and lead us into this week's conspiracy?
0: Well, you know, I got a pretty big one this week, so Ooh, okay. it's probably going to be a two-parter. Let's uh, hear it. Have you ever heard of King James's book, Daemonology?
1: Okay, yeah, I thought you were going to say King James's Bible. No. Okay, Uh, is it demonology or daemonology?
0: Well, it's pronounced, it's said, well, it's spelled D-A-E-M-O-N-O-L-O-G-I-E. Mm. But I, I believe it could be demonology.
1: I think that's the old-timey way of spelling uh, Barry Satiro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> His <laughs> mental name. Yeah. <laughs> King James VI, the 16th century Scottish king, would come to be known as the Cradle King, as he was made King of Scotland at the young age of 13 months old. And this was after his mother, Mary, the Queen of Scots, was imprisoned by Elizabeth I. And this came after she was forced to abdicate the throne of Scotland in 1567. So it's thought that James VI's fascination with magic and the dark arts came after he was told that his mother's death was foreseen by Sears as a bloodied head dancing in the air before her death while she was in captivity. Uh, this happened in 1587.
1: Okay, so if if you have a dream about a dancing head, it could be considered a premonition?
0: Yeah, I guess that the, uh, the Sears, who foretold his mother's death... Must have. I don't know if it was a hallucination or a dream, whatnot. But they claim to have seen, uh, their, her bloodied dancing head in the air, and this uh, precluded her 1587
1: death. Okay. Well, you know what I gotta say. I've had some pretty wild nightmares in my life, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen someone's dancing bloody head. Although I'm on, I'm in the camp that. People around this time, charlatans were like roaches. They are just everywhere.
0: Oh, definitely. Just using their little fucking contracts for uh, profiteering, especially <laughs> if you're around the king. <laughs>
1: uh, I was going to ask, too, before you go any further, did anybody ever call him Jim or Jimmy? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think anyone ever called him Jimmy.
1: Okay, all right. That was my main <laughs> question.
0: Yeah, he was probably a pretty formal dude. I'm (laughs) doubting he had any buddies calling him Jimmy. (laughs) Inviting him over to the fucking house for the beer at night.
1: (laughs) Inviting him out to go coon hunting? Yeah, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Anyway, continue on. Hey, Jimmy, I need your help in the tobacco fields. (laughs) You mind coming out? (laughs) Yeah, shout out, Jimmy. So King James was able to live out his fascination with magic. When a storm came upon the ships that were accompanying James and his new wife, Princess Anne of Denmark. He had traveled to Denmark to retrieve his new wife after a storm had stopped the princess from traveling to Scotland, which she had planned to before the marriage. While he was accompanying her to Scotland across the North Sea, a storm hit the ships and they had to turn back towards the shore and escape the storm on the Norwegian coast.
1: Okay. Well I mean I can't imagine a ship made out of strudel probably works that great.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> if it was uh yeah the Denmark people's specialty then I no mean, I don't Well I was
1: gonna say they probably have a strudel ship and then two giant bratwursts to row it, so probably doesn't work that great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely <laughs> so during the storm one of the Danish admirals claimed that it must have been witchcraft, mm-hmm. and he believed that it was caused by the wife of the of an administrator that he had insulted. James recently met with Danish theologians and discussed the matter of witchcraft and believed that the violent storms must have been the work of witches. And because of the perceived assassination attempt, witch hunters were unleashed in both Scotland and Denmark.
1: Okay, yeah, it's... Tale as old as time, isn't it? Unleash yeah, the fucking Hansel and Gretel witch hunters here.
0: Yeah, it's, I like especially how, like, the most senior person on the ship, the Admiral, just immediately is like, Oh, fuck, that one chick I called a bitch, it must have been her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the one lady I told her that her fucking schnitzel sucked. Oh, fuck, she got us <laughs> good. Uh, so, what I was going to say here is... I was literally listening to... Uh, I, have you ever heard of the movie Killing of a, Killing of the Sacred Deer?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Okay, so uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's free right now. I'd actually recommend people watching it if you like kind of a weird movie. But apparently the story is that um, they're, they need to travel by sea and there's like something stopping them and they think it's witchcraft and... They have to make a uh, sacrifice to the gods and all this horse shit. Uh, But once you watch the movie, you kind of understand. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is if something's wrong with ocean weather, all of a sudden it's witchcraft or like something, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just, it's like they didn't think weather existed.
0: Oh, definitely. And it's weird that even in this time when they kind of, they were a little bit, like, further away, but they were starting to think of things in, like, the idea of science and, like, well, you know, this comes from this and this happens from this. Like, 2,000 years ago, they would have thought Poseidon was a- coming after him. Yeah. you know?
1: Well, apparently, Poseidon is, like, the biggest cocksucker in the world.
0: Yeah, he's definitely flattened more fucking boats <laughs> than anything.
1: <laughs> he's a dick, I'll tell you that much.
0: Definitely. So in Denmark, there was an investigation into the near destruction of the fleet, and Danish finance minister Christopher Dulkendorf was accused (laughs) of ill-equipping the fleet for the journey back to Scotland. However, he came back with a defense that witches were the cause of the storm, and he even knew who the perpetrators were. So super convenient and lucky for him.
1: I was going to say, I wish this excuse still worked. Like, say, um, <laughs> you're at a restaurant, you're eating, your food comes out a little burnt or something. And you're like, what What happened here? The the server looks at you and says, <sighs> them fucking witches again. God damn it. You know, you just blame everything
0: on witches. Definitely. I mean, you could totally use this at work. Yeah. If you're supposed to be fixing or making something and it comes out fucked up. Your boss is like, God damn it, what the fuck is wrong with you today? Just be like, ugh. Witches. Fucking witches.
1: <laughs> you ask your boss for a raise and he's just like, I can't do it. The witches got me by the balls here. I can't do <laughs> shit for you, man. Come on. It's not me, it's the
0: witches, man. Yeah, definitely something we need to bring back. <laughs> the witch was the woman known as Karen the Weaver who had summoned the demon to climb the keel of the ship and put the storm upon the fleet.
1: Okay. Well, she has a witchy name, I'll give her that.
0: Definitely. That's I don't know if like the Weaver is her title or job or her last name. It all it says is her name's Karen followed by the Weaver. So.
1: Well, most Karens are witches, so let's let's shout out Karens of the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And Judas. Yeah. <laughs> So Karen would be arrested in July of 1590, and she would soon confess, implementing other women in the plot, including Anna Colding, who who is considered to be a very dangerous witch. Oh. Who was, and she would also implement other women, including the wife of the mayor of Copenhagen and four other women. So is the mayor a male or female? No no she implemented the wife of the mayor. Oh the wife of, of the Copenhagen. mayor
1: my dad okay. Well I've heard Copenhagen is known for its witches but ah uh, yeah it's it reminds me of the the stories oldest time um back in this day especially when they capture someone who is believed to be a witch the tortures are so <laughs> immense that they just start spitting out names of people.
0: Oh yeah definitely and i imagine if she would have implemented the mayor of Copenhagen instead of the mayor's wife, she probably would have gotten a hearty fucking fist across her face and been told, try again, bitch.
1: Yeah, that strudel-ass motherfucker, he's not, he ain't no witch.
0: Yeah, you might want to tell us a woman's name next. (laughs) So So Anna Colding confessed that she and the other woman had come together at Karen the Weaver's house and summoned the storm that had first delayed the princess. Which is the storm that forced King James to take a boat all the way to Denmark to pick her up.
1: Did they ever ask why they made a storm?
0: Um, I'm guessing that <laughs> it didn't come up.
1: <laughs> okay, I was just gonna say, any reason why you would
0: conjure up a storm? Or
1: you just decided to just make a storm? Okay,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what their beef living in Denmark is with <laughs> the king of Scotland but you know whatever <laughs> to each their own I guess
1: maybe they just didn't want a ginger in their country that's true Could have <laughs> been.
0: so Anna Colding along with 12 other women were eventually burned at the stake in Denmark
1: yeah that's I mean that's usually what happens in these witch uh witch hunts
0: oh yeah especially in these uh reformation countries they really enjoyed burning witches at the stake mm, that's true so after hearing news of the witches in Denmark, James decided to find out if there were any involvement from the witches in Scotland as well. Well, there's witches in Scotland now. Oh, of course there's witches in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Especially for James. <laughs> so a servant girl named Gilly Duncan had been accused of witchcraft after her employer, David Seaton, noticed that she had been acting very strangely and it was discovered that she had been sneaking out at night and had recently developed the ability to miraculously heal others.
1: Okay, well, well, I mean that's
0: not a bad witch, though, is it? No, not really. I mean, she's just you know she likes to help others. But well, I'm I'm convinced at I- this point either
1: she is the descendants of a basketball player or descendants develop drive through a uh, coffee and donut shop.
0: Yeah, she Duncan. definitely sounds like, like Jelly Duncan. Yeah, so. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, baby! Yeah, when I first <laughs> read that, I started laughing. I guess her real name is like, it's hard to say, it's like Geloise or something like that, but... Oh,
1: okay, alright. They, Ge-
0: they call her Gelly.
1: <laughs> okay, man, it's a lot easier to say.
0: So when confronted, Gelly denied being in League or even meeting with the Devil, but still couldn't explain her miraculous healing abilities. So she denied it at first, but they uh, they definitely wanted to know what the fuck was up with her being able to heal people.
1: Okay, so does it say like what she healed or she just healed people? Like did someone have a paper cut, and she kissed it and it was all better or is it just like- I don't
0: really know. It just said that she had developed a miraculous ability to heal people.
1: Okay, alright. Well, you know what? That's not a bad power. I wish people actually had this power.
0: Yeah, The well, the weird thing is, like, right away when I saw the story, I was thinking, like, well, it's always you hear about an employer or someone who's, like, the boss of someone else claiming that they're a witch, and it's usually because they won't have sex with them. Mm. You know, you always kind of assume that. Like, I think there was an SNL skit about that, <laughs> about the Salem witch trials, how one of the witches was accused because she would never have sex with any of the men. So they were all accusing her of being a witch.
1: The the, the sad part is that's probably not far off.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing that's not very, very off. Well, so. the
1: the truth about the Salem Witch Trials that I know is, number, first and foremost, it was started by children. And second off, a lot of witch hunts, um, people didn't know that erectile dysfunction was a thing. So they blamed it on a witch's curse because they couldn't get a boner anymore.
0: Yeah. I've heard that as well.
1: <laughs>
0: so after a great deal of torture and the discovery of the devil's mark on her neck, Jelly... <laughs> I said Jelly. Jelly confessed and named accomplices.
1: Of course she are, did. All right.
0: well, yeah. After, uh, after a decent amount of getting the fuck beaten out of her. Yeah, a,
1: probably that. Burning, putting stakes through your feet and arm.
0: Yeah, it's definitely so some of the accomplices she named were john fian a local schoolmaster and alleged coven leader and wizard would he be a warlock though yeah you would think so i mean i don't know if they actually made that distinction back then but i think it was just like everyone was a witch like witchcraft Mm, okay all right agnes sampson a respected local midwife and healer and she'll become important in the story later on okay and Agnes Thompson of Edinburgh, Barbara Napier, who was the widow of Earl Archibald Douglas the Eighth, Earl of Agnes, <laughs> a lot to it's a lot to say, and she was actually accused of killing her husband, uh, bewitching him to death, pretty much.
1: Okay, all right. So that probably means he died of a heart attack or something,
0: or just shitting himself to death because mm. people did just shit themselves to death back then, right? So <laughs> Francis Stewart, who was the first Earl of Bothwell and cousin to the king. Okay. Euphemia Macklin, the daughter of Lord Clifton Hall, with whom she conspired to kill her godfather. And these these are the more important people. These are some pretty fucking important people. I mean, back then, even having a last name, you were decently important. A lot of these are like Lord of, you know, like the daughter of the Lord of Clifton Hall This guy was a first earl, you know, the wife of, you know, an earl. There's a lot of really important people in here.
1: It it almost is like she was being tortured and she spit out the people's names that she's probably heard before, which would have
0: been people in royalty, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you were getting tortured nearly to death and they were saying, give me fucking names, give me names, you would eventually just be like, uh... The guy who cuts my meat down at the butcher shop, the chick who runs the bar down the down the walk, you know. Like, I suppose these were the most famous people in the area. Mm. Like, it's a good point. Like,
1: he, like if you or I were being tortured, we'd be like, uh, Barry Satiro's a witch. Gordon Ramsay's a witch. Uh, Paul Hogan, of Paul course. Hogan's a witch. Who? Sylvester Stallone's a witch. Like, that's who. The, would, that's who we'd call out.
0: The mayor of Pittsburgh. You know it's what? The coven leader. <laughs>
1: We need to watch out because I I I saw something on like Reddit that Gordon Ramsay's in a cooking competition and he's losing to someone who isn't even a chef. Oh shit!
0: <laughs> he's about to be found out. Is he there got any taken over by a reptilian years I ago? I was
1: gonna say we need to watch out. Is there any more Kennedys that can be killed? Because if he loses, we gotta protect the Kennedys.
0: <laughs> if that fucking cooking competition and he brought out human flesh. Oh well, shit! I forgot. Take it back.
1: I could just see him making like a uh, a cake or something, a Rice Krispie snack, but it's like actually a model of JFK's head <laughs> during the gunshot. <laughs> just throw a <laughs> message to everybody in the room.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh be pretty fucking weird.
1: <laughs> anyway, continue
0: on. <laughs> it had a little hole right in his temple, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these were people that she had accused, and they were like. There were many others, but I kind of cut it off there because those were the important people. Mm. During the witch trials, it had been discovered that an even larger plot had been committed by these witches. Now, this plot was committed by some 200 witches who had met in North Berwick to create the storm that had first stalled the princess and also the storm that nearly capsized the fleet. It came out also-
1: Damn two hundred witches,
0: yep, yeah, definitely, and it also came out that the meeting had been presided over the devil himself because he considered himself King James's greatest enemy on earth.
1: the devil, the devil doesn't like old King Jimmy,
0: yep, he considered King James his greatest enemy on earth, so that's pretty uh <laughs> pretty telling to who the audience is coming to, you know okay. those words.
1: All right, I feel like the king of hell might have more important things to do than (laughs) than stopping him, but apparently not.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing the torturers might have uh, led them in that direction or just went ahead and told King James like, oh, the devil considers you his powerfulest enemy on earth, you know? Mm, Yeah. Just to butter him up a little bit. (laughs) Get them out of the dungeons. True. So about 70 people in Scotland were charged and taken prisoner under suspicion of using magic to raise the storm that nearly sunk the boats, carrying back King James and Princess Anne to Scotland. Now, the 70 suspects were all from the village of North Berwick, which is northeast of Edinburgh along the coast. And uh, Edinburgh is on the east coast of Scotland, if you didn't, for anyone who doesn't
1: know that one. Well, I was going to say, you and I, we have been to Edinburgh, and I'll tell you what, Phil... It was witchy.
0: Yeah, that city, it's a—it's one of my favorite visit, uh, cities to visit up in, uh, when I was in Great Britain. It's very it's, witchy. It's uh, very old. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. So most of the suspected men and women confessed to the attempted regicide. And this, of course, was after a healthy dose of torture. Mm. Claiming that they had formed the storms using spells and rituals. Now this was done by attaching the severed genitals and limbs... Of a dead man to a cat, then throwing it into the sea, which whipped up the storms that were sent to destroy the fleet of ships. Putting
1: severed genitals on a cat.
0: Yep, severed genitals and limbs of a dead man on a cat.
1: Okay, I mean, I I guess I don't. You like you said, you don't trust cats either but I don't know what a dick on a cat's going
0: to do. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, all of this will kind of make a little bit of sense, like later on when I talk about how these confessions were formed. Mm. But yeah, definitely that count my eye. Cause I know that you're a cat person. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, not, yeah. I would appreciate that one.
1: I mean, <laughs> here's the real question. Is the magic coming from the, the penis or is it coming from the cat? Or is it like when you combine, Like Mentos and Coke, you get a chemical reaction. Like, are the two of them being brought together? What causes the magic? Or are they, one has more magic or, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's true. A cat is inherently evil. So I don't know what adding the limbs and genitals of a dead man does to it. (laughs) So James didn't necessarily believe this after he had first heard about the many confessions. He decided to take a much more active role in the investigation, deciding to interrogate one of the main suspects personally. And her name was Agnes Sampson, the midwife implemented in Gelly's first confession, who I brought up uh, before. You remember?
1: Yep. You don't forget a name like Agnes, I'll tell you that much.
0: Yep. She was brought in front of the king at Holyrood House in Edinburgh, also known as Holyrood Palace nowadays. Mm, okay. It still stands.
1: I wonder if we, we saw it when we were there.
0: I don't think so, because it's not, like, a historical place. It's an It's still a palace that's owned by the Queen of England. So, it's not some place that you can go to.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. I mean,
0: you can probably go to the gates and see, like, see what the palace looks like. I don't think you can actually, like, tour it, though.
1: Ah, okay. I just remember that castle, like, right in the middle of the city.
0: Oh, the one up on the hill. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a different. That's not a that's not a palace. That's a castle. So that was uh, more of a defensive thing.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Yeah, and that's a historical site too, which is why you could pay money to go in there. But <laughs> we didn't pay the money to take the tour. So
1: nah, nah. We were we were poor there.
0: <laughs> we were pretty broke. So especially after that trip. Mm. So while being questioned by James, Agnes denied vehemently. The allegations that were levied towards her. And this enraged the king. She was promptly sent back to the dungeons where she had had all of the hair shaved off of her head and her entire body. And you know that that was not done carefully or nicely. No, Her whole
1: body. Jesus Christ. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, She was forced to stand for days with a witch's bridle on her head. Uh, and a witch's bridle is basically like a large, like metal and wood object that has two spikes into it has four spikes that go into the mouth, two into the tongue, and then two back into the cheek. Oh God! Oh, so anytime you move your mouth, it's just immensely painful. Yeah, and I... she was she was deprived of sleep and forced to stand for many days. Poor girl. Yeah, even through all of that bullshit, she did not submit and only confessed after her torturers put a rope around her neck and wrenched on her head for hours. After that, she decided to confess and was taken back to the king and his court to confess.
1: I mean, I can only imagine at that point. With all the torture, it's kind of like, I'd rather them just kill me, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, that's what a lot of people think nowadays is what actually caused you to, to confess. When you finally broke and just said, okay, fuck it, kill me. Because once you confessed to being a witch, then they killed you. Hmm. So, Right. Yeah. So Agnes confessed to witchcraft, to which James, apparently he jumped up on a table and shouted at her that she was a liar. Like, very, you know, showmanly. Okay. That's what he wanted to hear, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So Agnes actually pulled him to the side and whispered into James's ear, a conversation that the king and his wife had had, to which James claimed were true, and decided that the rest of her confessions must also be true. The words that Agnes spoke into his ear were apparently the words that he and his wife had had in a private uh, pillow talk situation on their wedding night, and he claimed that they could not have been overheard by anyone else, and this was besides, of course, himself and his queen.
1: Okay, I wonder if it was like <laughs> yeah. I it I was I was sex. just, just <laughs> going to say I was like the queen asked Jimmy she's or no. Jimmy asked her, she's like here Jimmy asked her, "Hey, did you finish too?" And she just <laughs> like, "Yeah, of course I did, Jimmy. You're the best."
0: <laughs> How did then she he... know? How did she know? <laughs> I'm guessing that's where he asked her to call him Big Jimmy for the first time. <laughs> could, you, could, could you call me Big Jimmy? <laughs> so uh, I should mention that uh, like he claimed that no one would know what he said besides himself and his queen. That the consummation of a royal marriage back then would definitely not have been private. There would have been many noble witnesses present at the event. So... Mm,
1: so- in his mind, he thinks it's a secret, but it's really not.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, he might not have noticed that there was 20 other people in the room, <laughs> but there there definitely was more people in the room than just the two of them.
1: What are they all doing in there? They're like cheering him on and high-fiving, high-fiving him?
0: They they might have high-fived after he finished. They were making sure that he, they had sex, that mm. the marriage was consummated. And that there would be, uh, like a printer, you know, an error Yeah,
1: okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So the torture that was used to get conventions out of witches at the time was very brutal, including the ripping out of fingernails, crushing of feet, using a device called a breast ripper, which apparently is exactly what it sounds like. Oof. Yeah. And also the device that I already mentioned called the witch's bridle. Mm-hmm
1: i I was thinking about when you're describing like the witch's bridle. I'm. I'm assuming in their mind that meant that if her their mouths were kind of in that position or whatever, they couldn't speak a spell or whatever. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that actually. I haven't. I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Well,
1: I kind of figure that's what it is because they can, they're holding their tongue and they're not allowing them to move their mouth too much because they're in their heads they think they could cast a spell or something.
0: Yeah, and have the devil come out and bust him out of prison. The, That's a really good point, actually.
1: The devil just starts throwing dicks on cats and conjures <laughs> up a tsunami inside the castle or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> cat, he just jumps up from hell. Cat dick! And then an earthquake splits open the palace.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine, like, a cat in the dick. It's kind of like the Megazord on Power Rangers. It just fuses and all this like cool anime music plays and then there's just destruction everywhere.
0: (laughs) You see the cat walking on the human hands and human feet looking like a spider. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So this was all done along with sleep deprivation, uh, which actually was probably the most effective means of getting these false confessions out of the witches. After a few days of sleep deprivation, you start to get uh, waking hallucinations. Basically, you're dreaming while awake. Your brain is completely resetting at that point. And the witch investigators could then count these hallucinations as a confession.
1: Well, I was going to say, we we probably know quite a bit about sleep deprivation simply because of uh, this crazy witchy drug known as methamphetamine. How
0: do we know about that?
1: Well, we know meth heads, right? Oh, I I'm thought saying, you meant us. I'm saying, okay, no, like, we, I don't
0: use meth. We don't
1: use meth, but coming from Iowa, oh, we knew a, yeah, we knew a lot of meth heads who didn't sleep and they get they get turned up. They get a little crazy.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing the story about I'm not going to mention any names, but that dude who fell asleep at the stop sign with his foot on the brake oh, and got woken up the next yes. morning
1: by police by officers. Cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's after a meth head doesn't sleep for a few days. Yeah. I could see them I could see I could see meth heads confessing to a lot after not sleeping for a week.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Some of the <laughs> shit that you hear them say. <laughs> yeah. Or the homeless people you see like talking all the crazy shit mm, yeah, right, out here. Right. So some of the revelations that came out of the torture from the uh the seventy accused were that they had sailed to North Berwick for the gatherings with Satan. Also that they had danced with the devil and kissed his buttocks. Wow. Digging okay. up, yep. Definitely. It was a big night for him. Digging up the corpses from St. Andrew's graveyard, dismembering them and tying the limbs to a christened dead cat, and then throwing that cat into the sea to conjure up the storm to kill the king. And also collecting venom from a black toad to be used to poison the king.
1: Okay. Okay. The toad thing makes about the most sense out of all of this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that is weapon. the only you could actually get venom to kill someone. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that came just from an oddball person who got little pins stuck in their hand and they just immediately confessed. <laughs> but it was something like something that may actually made sense because they hadn't been sleep deprived for 5 days. Mm, probably, probably. So it's not known how many of the 70 accused witches were executed or how many of them died in captivity. What is known is that Gelly and Agnes Sampson were both garroted and then burned. So they basically mm. had a Rope tied around their neck and then were burned at the stake.
1: Okay. Yeah. Or in a cart. Some I mean, it's horrible obviously, and we're joking but in all of this, but uh seems like the burning of the witch on a stake or whatever seems to be the most common practice, uh, especially around this time period.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I'll mention it next week, but actually in England they didn't really burn witches at the stake; they hung them. But in Scotland and Denmark, they were definitely burned. At the they were burned alive. Well,
1: and Germany too. I think Germ Ger- uh, the Germany witch hunters were very big on the burning and all of that.
0: Yeah, it was any anywhere that like the Reformation apparently like really took place. They were using fire to kill witches. So I don't know if there was. They just mentioned that there was like a correlation between places that like were affected by the reformation and burning of witches so
1: i i don't know for certain and i don't know if you know for certain um the fucking witch ha- or the witch witch hunting manual the i can never say it the maleficarum something another. have you heard of this book
0: no i haven't
1: so basically it was created by somebody as a guideline about how to find out if someone's a witch and, like, what to do to them, which is basically torturing them and killing them, more or less. Uh, It's still a book. You can, I'm pretty sure you can literally buy the, you know, reprints of the book or whatever. It's just, like, the craziest shit you've ever heard in it.
0: Okay, so I just looked it up. It was called the Malice Maleficarum. And it was made in Germany by a Catholic clergyman, Heinrich Kramer. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the year was 1486. So they definitely would have either known about this or maybe even had it back then.
1: As far as I remember, like during the uh, Salem Witch Trials, they were using this book. So this book has been around for a long fucking time.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I had actually never heard about that. So.
1: Yeah, it's it wasn't
0: a, it wasn't brought up in any of this, but yeah, that's crazy.
1: Well, I'm sure they had they, they probably, you know, old King Jimmy probably modified it for his liking or some horse shit.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. He he was definitely a a writer that we'll find out in next week's episode. Mm, so,
1: I'm I'm predicting a poet. <laughs> yeah, of sorts.
0: <laughs> so, after the witch trials, King James actually wrote a pamphlet called The News from Scotland, which detailed his experiences with the North Berwick Witch Trials, raising the fear of witchcraft in his people of Scotland, and eventually the people of England.
1: Because
0: King James would eventually create a book entitled Demonology, which was meant to stop people from being so skeptical about the existence of witches and witchcraft.
1: So you're telling me they actually had naysayers back then. They didn't just assume (laughs) that witches were a real thing.
0: Yeah, apparently there were people who could think. Maybe these were the people who actually learned how to read and went past the fifth grade, but Mm. if they even... I don't think they had grades back then. It was probably just someone your parents knew who could read, taught you how to read.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's... I mean, I, I guess it makes sense, but goddamn, that's... It's hard to imagine people you know, in the late 1500s, who were like, Eh, I don't really think witches exist. I think this is just, uh, you know, hysteria or whatever. But apparently people have always uh, been able to use their brain, right?
0: Yeah. Well, another thing that's crazy, too, is it's amazing to me that like, someone as powerful as a king, and who has like a life like that, would actually take his time to like, write shit. You know, he wrote a book, he wrote this pamphlet. He wrote other things, obviously King James Bible. Um, he rewrote that, but he really, he did some shit. He was one of the longest reigning monarchs of all time also. Really? Considering, well, considering he took the throne at 13 months old and he lived to be very old, so.
1: okay, I mean, that's a long reign, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I do think that the Queen of England has surpassed him. The current, current thing, one, Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she surpassed him, I think.
1: I was going to say, because not only is she a demigod, I think she is like 105 years old.
0: Fuck, she might be King James, just <laughs> just uh, <laughs> reincarnated a few different times.
1: I think her hats are older than most uh queen, <laughs> kings and queens throughout history.
0: That's true. I think she might have a lizard underneath those hats, but <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever gotten a good look. No. So after the North Berwick Witch Trials, there were about 3,100 people who would be accused of witchcraft in Scotland, with over 1,300 of them being executed.
1: Jesus, that has to be like yeah. a quarter of the population of Scotland at this time.
0: <laughs> I think there might have been a few more people than that. <laughs> but yeah, Scotland is a, was a pretty rural place back then. Mm. But it doesn't say, I mean, it says 3,100 people accused of witchcraft. 1300 over 1300 being executed you got to think too there must have been some people who died of torture in prison also who were never legally executed
1: mm, right that's a good point actually hmm. yeah i was just thinking like the uh you know brave let's say braveheart right did they yeah. s- i don't remember them speaking about witches at all and that did they
0: no but they were a pretty superstitious people, I remember, in that movie. That movie, obviously, that took place hundreds of years before this all happened. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> So you would assume they'd be even more superstitious. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely. But that's neither here nor there anyway. so
0: In Holyrood House, uh, the palace in which Agnes Sampson was interrogated and eventually executed... Uh, Apparently, her ghost still haunts the palace to this day, with the first reported sighting occurring in 1591. And people have heard screaming coming from the basement of the palace, which is where she would have been imprisoned and tortured. And the ghostly image of a woman, naked and completely bald, has been seen in the halls. Now, this ghost is also said to show signs in her body that she was tortured.
1: Mm. You know what? Fuck yeah, Agnes. Get revenge.
0: Definitely. I mean, her ghost has been holding it up for about 400 years, so yeah, you doing pretty good there.
1: <laughs> I'm guessing she wishes she probably wasn't haunting some <laughs> old house and do whatever you do after you die, but uh, you know what, Agnes? Fuck them. Keep scaring people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is probably one of the nicer places in Scotland that you could, you know, haunt. <laughs> so, I imagine... <laughs> It's not a it's not a horrible place to hang out out in the afterlife. So the naked ghost of Agnes Sampson is said to be one of the most famous ghosts in all of Great Britain. That's sweet. Yeah. It's it's cool because I mean the palace is still like used as a royal estate for the royal family once the uh once the kingdom's merged. Mm, okay. So, I mean, it's not just a historical site, it's still a palace under use somewhat, but So some of the recent sightings of Bald Agnes, which the ghost has been known to be called, or has become known to be called. In 2014's sighting, when a maintenance man saw her limping towards him down a well-lit hallway, and when the man let out a scream, the ghost, he said, evaporated.
1: Okay, very, very common for ghosts to do. Yeah.
0: In the 1990s, when during a visit by the Chancellor of Germany... A young diplomat entered an office and saw the naked Agnes floating in midair with outstretched arms. The diplomat ran out of the office screaming in terror. And obviously he probably sounded a little crazy when he told his story to all of his friends. But Mm, can only imagine. Yeah. The weird thing about that is when I first heard it, I saw a thing where apparently when they forced Agnes to stand, they tied her arms up so that she was standing kind of with outstretched arms.
1: Oof. So. Okay, I see where the correlation is. So it's like her hands up, not her hands. I was picturing the hands in for in front of her, you know what I mean?
0: No, it, and they they made it sound like her he saw the ghost with outstretched arms, mm. kind of like someone's going to give you a big hug.
1: Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So in her tortures they tied her up that way.
0: Yeah, that's okay. I'm pretty sure that's how uh That's what I found that she was tied up like when she was tortured. So when she had the witch's bridle on her head. Okay, interesting. All right. And made to stand for those few days. So Agnes Sampson is also referenced in the seventh episode of American Horror Story Apocalypse as the inventor of a poison that only affects men.
1: Okay, I remember this now. I don't remember the name, but I, I remember this. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I've never actually I've watched a few episodes of American Horror Story. I've never seen Apocalypse, but I've heard it's a pretty good show.
1: The uh for Apocalypse, you almost have to watch the very first season and Coven to understand Apocalypse, I believe. Yeah. But anyway, I've been
0: told I've been told I have to start from the beginning and watch the whole thing, so.
1: I mean, there's a few seasons you don't have to watch cuz they're kind of stupid, but uh First, second season, Coven's good. The Carnival one's good.
0: Hmm. I've heard the Carnival one was really good. But, That's cool. Yeah. So in part two, I'm going to be talking a lot more uh, about King James and his book Demonology. Some of the views that he had that helped shape his interpretation loosely of the Bible. And <laughs> the Witchfinder General, Matthew Hopkins. Oh. And, yeah. So Matthew Hopkins, his old stomping grounds was in East Anglia where – uh where I used to live, the place that we were hanging out, so Okay. Wow. You a mean lot of familiar e- cities out there.
1: You mean in in uh in Grey in England where you were staying?
0: Yeah, in England.
1: Okay. So he was up there. The witch hunter general. Or like Yeah, the- he
0: just uh just northeast of, of London. Yeah, that's where he used to uh go around. So it's a pretty interesting story. Wow,
1: interesting. Hmm.
0: Yeah, cool. I was actually going to do the whole thing just on him, and then in the history for this, I like started reading all this other stuff, and I was like, oh shit, this is going to be a two-parter. So,
1: I mean, it's good because you basically filled in all the backstory that's leading up to this guy, essentially, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm also going to look up that uh, Malice Marconum. book too and talk a little bit about that maybe because that seems pretty interesting uh, i've never heard of it
1: it is i actually wanted to buy like the physical copy of it just to have it but because it's obviously completely batshit crazy when you read it (laughs) nowadays
0: but Was it written on, like, dog skin or something like that? One of those old, old books?
1: I wouldn't. It's probably written on, like, a rolled-out dried penis or something, for all we know. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, uh, yeah, that was great, Phil. Uh, I can't wait to hear part two, and I know people will be uh, anticipating that, because when you hear a title called Witch Hunter General, that sounds interesting immediately. But if they want to contact us, where can they do that, Phil?
0: They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. They can also get a hold of us. Probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is on Instagram. We are at subliminaldeceptionpodcast on IG. And we also have our own. Mine is at stpodphil. With this whole shut-in bullshit, I'm uh, using it a lot more. So get a hold of me on there. Cody, you've got a couple?
1: Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at codyzabub.com. Uh, I've been hit up by some people or contacted by people, you know, just talking about the show or topics or anything like that. I appreciate it. I love it. I love communicating about, uh, whatever you want to talk about. So thank you to those who have reached out to me. Um, if you're looking for another podcast to check out, uh, and you're into true crime, paranormal, and stuff like that, look up, uh, my other podcast, Bumblebutt Podcast. Search for that on Instagram or whatever platform you prefer to listen to podcasts. The last thing we need you guys to do is to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review. doesn't really matter what you say, preferably written. Um Otherwise, if you're a Spotify user, just hit the follow button, and you will always be informed when we drop a new episode. So thank you guys to everybody who's done that already. If you haven't, please take a few minutes out of your day to do that for us. Otherwise, uh like I said, fantastic episode. People are fucking crazy in the witch hunting time period. And I can't wait to hear more about King James's book on demonology and this witch hunter general. So we'll see you guys next week. All
0: right. Thanks, guys.